Hello, and welcome to the Getting to the Heart podcast, where we get to the heart of life, relationships, and divorce. I'm your host, Michelle Heffron, and I'm a certified life, relationship, and divorce coach who empowers women to live their best life through major life transitions and beyond. I'm so delighted to have you on this journey with me. Thanks for joining me. So today I have a very special guest and I'm excited to share with you my friend and business colleague, Julie Prince. Julie started her career with Northwestern Mutual in 1989 and is the founder and CEO of Prince Financial Services. Julie and her team of 12 help people all over the country providing financial planning, growing and protecting wealth and preserving family legacies for generations to come. Prince Financial Services has earned many industry accolades and awards, and most recently they were named as one of the top 100 best in state wealth management teams by Forbes. Wow, Julie, that is so exciting. Congratulations on that reward. Thank you. Thank you. Or award, excuse me. That is... <laughs> well, gosh, thank you and welcome. You know, I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm I'm really excited to do this. This will be great. Awesome. And it's great to see you. I know yes. that everybody can't see us, but um, it's good <laughs> to see you. <laughs> you too. Well, gosh, let's just start a little by sharing our unique story and how we've come to this point and doing this podcast together. Well, it's a great story, I think. So Michelle and I met because my first husband, I'm remarried now, I was divorced from my first husband. So Michelle and I met because we were both married to the same man, but <laughs> not at the same time. <laughs> oh my and I met her when I was dating her ex-husband and my boyfriend at the time. So wow. And so wait, there's a long time ago. There's more to that story. So as yeah, as Julie mentioned, she ended up marrying my first ex-husband. And at the time, we had a a daughter who we ended up sort of co-parenting together over the years Mm -hmm. in many ways. And you know, we both contributed a lot to that, you know, her upbringing, her parties. And just some different things that happened. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, and then... We celebrated her graduations together. We threw parties for her. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I was dating him for four years, and then I was married to him for 14. So it was much of yeah, it was a long entire time. life, really. Yeah. And she in that time, when I too, so I got remarried, and we each both had another child, mm-hmm. that being a year apart. And, you know, there was just so many synchronicities yes. between all of the the kids, the family, <laughs> the background dynamics, and so much more. So yes. anyway, it's evolved to this beautiful friendship and now doing a little bit of business together, yeah. which is fun too. So, yeah. well, gosh, you know, let's switch gears just a little bit. You know, recently I've been sharing quite a lot of information in my newsletters, my podcast episodes and on social media about divorce and the profound impact the experience can have for anyone going through one. And as a coach, one of my primary areas of focus when working with my clients is to help them manage through the emotional roller coaster where feelings of anger, fear, anxiety, and unworthiness can radically impact a successful outcome. 
of you know your divorce. Mm-hmm. And as we know, though, the practical business side of divorce needs special attention. And Julie, that's kind of where you come in. Not only do you have your own personal divorce experience, but you've helped many, many, many people navigate through financial considerations that can both impact long and short term financial pictures for people. So I I wanted to hear some of your thoughts around the financial and more tactical side of divorce. And when thinking about or considering divorce, what is the first thing someone should consider before making the decision? And maybe what are the trade-offs? This is a really, really important piece of the decision-making process. And it's one that often gets overlooked in terms of being a priority. So I always try to help people understand, you know, if you come to me and you are at the contemplation phase or I've decided to, and you're at the very beginning phase, what I try to do is make sure I understand what someone's goal is. What is their vision? And we start with, if we could just fast forward two years beginning with the end in mind, what is your expectation financially if you did choose to pursue divorce or if you are at the beginning of it and you came out successfully, according to what your expectations are, what would that look like for you? And and then we take it from there. We can always build from the future back to the present and then put a roadmap together. It's really important for me to understand what someone wants before I can help them. So I would say the first thing after we start with exploring what their vision is and their expectations, it's really who is your team of advisors and who is it that you should put on your team? And I'll mention a few people in professions here. You don't need every single one of them or you might. Every divorce is different. So what we try to do is, uh, of course, someone will need some legal help to some degree. Some people want to do it on the computer. Some people want a trial lawyer because they know they're going to have to go in with guns blazing. But there's a huge range of choices for attorneys, legal advice, et cetera. So it's important to understand what your choices are. I can help prospective clients with that decision because I will know and understand what are the financial stakes and what expertise is really needed. And I really encourage people to go out and interview different attorneys with different specialties and backgrounds. You need to connect and trust your attorney, connect with them, with their chemistry. You need to trust them. How long have they been in the business? What type of divorce do they practice? That's a whole nother area that we won't go into today. But it's really important to find someone that you can trust that you know has your best interest at hand. Most often they do, but we want to make sure that they're not just running up the uh, the clock to bill you more. We want to make sure whatever they can do in the most expeditious way to protect you, that would be great. So your team of advisors, you need your legal counsel. And then of course you need a financial advisor. So for financial advisor, what I try to help explain to people is if we can start at the beginning with your legal advisor, you will end up with better odds of getting what you want because we can put something together in terms of financial plan at the beginning. We can share that with your legal counsel. And then when it comes to negotiating things along the way, or even having you decide what's important to you in terms of what assets you receive or negotiate over, we will have a quicker process and we can get that information to your attorney. So I wish I had a financial advisor when I had my last one. It would have made a huge difference for me, for sure. Yeah. It's difficult because you don't know what you don't know a lot of times in these situations. And, you know, with my divorce, I knew everything about the financial piece, but I didn't understand what my emotions were doing to me 
during the decision-making process. So it's good to have someone else that's thinking clearly outside the emotions. A lot of people have counselors. It's great if you do. If you don't, some don't, and you don't need one then. But I always like to encourage people to have a coach. And that is what Michelle specializes in. And a counselor is not a coach. And Michelle, you can explain what the difference is better than I can. Yeah. A counselor, they're very helpful. And they're and it's great because they'll go and they talk a lot about why things are happening. What is what's in the background? What what are the reasons maybe you're feeling this way? Or they often spend a lot of time in the past where a coach will pull those things forward and move you from where you are now to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And particularly in a divorce situation, it's also helping to navigate each step of the way. So you're making informed decisions based on stabilized emotions rather than making emotional decisions that may impact you for much longer than you ever want them to be. And it's really one of the reasons, Julie, I became a coach who also specializes in divorce. I didn't handle mine very well. And I thought I did. I thought I was emotionally being very stoic and strong through the whole thing. But it ended up really hurting me in the end, not only financially, but it took me years to pull myself out of that kind of vortex of despair Mm -hmm. that I had put myself in. And so now I understand that there's so much more that we don't get out of just day to day or our week to week therapy sessions. It's really about so much more about where I wanted to go from there. And right. And that's yeah. So and getting better faster. It's like focusing on a positive forward thinking momentum, right? Exactly. Um, Yep. Yep. I would say the other thing in terms of advisors and people on your team, it will evolve as you work with your attorney and your financial advisor through the process. Sometimes, especially for business owners, if there's a business involved, you definitely want to have a CPA on your side. Tax impact when it comes to the financial decisions that you have play a huge role. And your financial advisor can get you to a place, but a CPA is really needed to understand truly what the tax impact is bottom line. So we always like to help people interview financial advisors. So if they're coming to me and they've been referred by their attorneys, which typically happens, I always like to tell people, you need to be asking other advisors, how long have you been in the business? And how many people are are there to support that advisor? So if you call and they're not there, can other people help you? And do they specialize in divorce? You know, this is a, a very, very complicated area of practice. And there are many, many rules and, and laws and tax laws that are different for divorce than they are for people that aren't. And you want to make sure that someone has an expertise in that area. Ask how many divorces they have worked with, how many clients they have who have been through divorces. And then successful ones, successful ones. Exactly. The question I always suggest to people, and I say this to prospective clients as well, what questions should you be asking that you don't know to ask? Hmm. Then I will volunteer. You know, you need to be asking, do you have any credentials? What areas of expertise do you have besides practicing divorce? What is your plan when you retire? Will there be people to help me? You know, if that advisor is older than you, you want someone who's going to be there for the duration of your retirement. And then education. Oh, sorry, Michelle, did you want to ask me something else? I was just going to say, don't make any assumptions that you assume something. Yes, absolutely. No assumptions, because we know what happens when you do. Mm -hmm. Then knowledge is power. So, you know, we always say 
You don't know what you don't know. And it's really important for your advisor to be someone that you could trust or you see yourself working with, that there's a good chemistry and relationship there. So you can honestly say, can you please explain that to me? I don't understand what you mean. Because investments and taxes and all these things are very, very complicated. And, you know, I work in that every day. So I have to always take a step back and realize this is not going to be something that is normal or every day for our clients. How do I explain this in everyday language? Yeah. From the very beginning of the divorce to the very end, including the estate plan that you're going to need after you separate and after you divorce. So your advisor needs to have overlapping expertise in other areas besides just insurance, investments, and the technical stuff. That's such great advice. So what are some of the more common financial mistakes you see people making? Well, I see it a lot with emotion. And this gets down to knowing what assets you have and understanding how they're titled. So when you go through a a separation and a divorce, it really comes down to a big spreadsheet. The bottom line is that spreadsheet. And the negotiations have everything to do with whose asset goes in whose column and how will we make these decisions. Taxes are a very significant part of that decision-making process. So we like to run a prospective financial plan based on where you think you'll end up with the assets in your column. But we oftentimes see people making decisions based on their emotion instead of the facts. So if we can encourage people just to take a step back and think about, gosh, you know, the most common one, Michelle, is people want the house. So they'll go to battle for the house. And sometimes we see they want the house even more than they want a portion or all of a retirement account. And maybe that's fine. They may have their own retirement account. They may have the ability to earn enough for their own retirement, which is great. But we want to run the numbers because if you end up negotiating, you want that house and you end up with not enough to retire on, that isn't a win-win for you. If you end up negotiating, you want the house and you end up with nothing else, you may not have enough to support yourself to stay in the house. So just take a step back and and think through and take time, take time to think through what is driving my emotion around keeping that asset? And is, is it possible if I don't end up with the house to end up with a different house or a nest that I'm okay with over a couple of years before I make these major decisions. We tell people don't make any major decisions for at least a year yeah, because you're in such an emotional state. I think that's one of, there's two things there that kind of come to mind when you say that, Julie, is A, I think that emotional piece of it is so overlooked and under considered by most people when they're going through this, even if you're the one who wanted to get out of it. There are still so many emotions that run rampant if you don't learn how to keep them in check in a way that's healthy and manageable. But the other thing I was just thinking when you were saying this spreadsheet, it's not just your assets you're talking about. It's also liabilities that go along Mm -hmm. with those assets. Yes, I know that from personal experience. (laughs) Biggie negotiating the liabilities big time because you you have to run your, your plan in order to understand when will that get paid off? Yeah. What what income is there to pay it off? And what will that look like if you aren't working and you need to go back into the workplace? Negotiate for a time period that it takes you to get up and running into a career. Well, uh, maybe you need re-education. You know, 
There's all sorts of stuff in there that's negotiable. So yeah, and it all plays in. And to be very honest, this is a really, Mm -hmm. I know with the work I do, oftentimes it's really helping people get very, very clear and honest about where they truly are in their, not just their, their financial aspects of being able to share that Mm -hmm. um, and know that that is what people are there to help you do, regardless of how it really ends up looking on paper. And then, you know, also just remembering their numbers on paper, you can't get too emotional over it and know that where you are right now is not necessarily where you're always going to be. It's while we're negotiating this present moment. Well, guys, Julie, there's so much to consider. Yeah. And I know this has been kind of a short time, but gosh, the experience of divorce is kind of daunting sometime if you let it, if you let it be that. It is. And the fear gets in the way too. It's really Oh, a hundred percent. Fear is the driver of so much of the yeah. unnecessary anxiety and, mm-hmm. you know, just that roller coaster of emotions that people go through. And, you know, as a coach, of course, I recommend asking experts for help in any area that you don't really know. And in cases like this, it is mostly that legal and that financial piece of it. Mm-hmm. And also just to even get help finding your legal team if you need. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is something that I have done a bit of and actually even attended attorneys meetings sometimes just because people don't yes. know what to ask, what to expect. And they don't know, like you said earlier, they don't know what they even need to know. Right. And then getting very clear on the needs for your individual circumstances is very powerful. And it actually, once you have that clarity, you can see the value of having these other people help you through this process. So you don't have to go through this alone. Right. So Julie, what's the best way for people to find you? Well, you can find us on princefinancialservices.n as in Nancy, m as in mary.com. That's our website. And we will be happy to help you. We're happy to meet with people and not charge a fee for an informational meeting and take it from there. I love it. And of course, as always, I will have Julie's information in the show notes if you'd like to contact her. Julie, I want to thank you for spending time with us today. Truly, your insights are remarkable and what you offer is so valuable. I, I wish that we could really convey the value of the expertise you bring to this process. I really appreciate you making the world a better place by just helping to create a better financial picture for people because at the end of the day, it really does matter. And it helps them with reducing their fear and getting Especially those of us who don't really truly understand finances and how to make them work for us. And so it's just, it's a gift. We all have a gift in life and that's what you bring and it's so valuable. Plus, she's really fun to hang out with and be around. So you got yeah, that good time. <laughs> well, that's one of the values in our firm. We want to make people laugh and have fun. So yeah, well, you have a really fun. awesome team. Oh, and it's been great to spend more and more time with them. Uh-huh. So as we wrap up, I want to remind my listeners to please subscribe to this podcast, download it and share it with others. As I continue to increase my following, I really appreciate any help that you can give me just because this is kind of an important message I feel like I, I need to share. I ask you to please follow me on social media. And when you opt in to receive my email newsletter, 
You'll also receive a copy of my 10 signs to healthy and unhealthy relationships. And I feel like this is such an important document for people, especially if you have kids, but even in your own life, whether it's your work life, your romantic relationships, your relationships with friends and families, these healthy and unhealthy signs are ubiquitous throughout the globe. And it's just good to have an awareness about what behaviors are maybe turning up in your life that might need to be tweaked a little bit if you self-identify with any of them. Also, as always, you can schedule a free consultation with me to learn more about what's possible for you when you get to the heart of who you are and what you're meant for. Thanks, everybody. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.